From WGCU News, this is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. When developer Sid Kitson purchased the 91,000-acre Babcock Ranch in northeast Lee and southeast Charlotte counties in 2005, he said he was going to create a sustainable community and preserve most of the land. While many people were skeptical at the time, Kitson has gone on to build pretty much exactly what he said he would. About 67,000 acres became the Babcock Ranch Preserve, and about half of the rest of the land has been preserved amidst the growing number of homes built to Florida Green Building Coalition standards. All of the Babcock Ranch community's power and internet lines are buried, and there's a focus on native landscaping irrigated with reclaimed water. There's a K-12 school that's also a Category 5 hurricane shelter and direct trail access to the preserve land, not to mention the 700,000 solar panels installed by FPL that provide more than enough electricity to power the entire community, all of which survived Hurricane Ian. Babcock Ranch never lost power or utilities during or after the storm. About 5,000 people live there now with plans to grow to about 50,000. I spoke with Mr. Kitson last week to look back on what it took to make his dream become a reality and what the future holds. Let's hear that conversation now. Sid Kitson is chairman and CEO of Kitson & Partners and the driving force behind Babcock Ranch. Mr. Kitson, welcome back to the show. Oh, Thank you for having me back. Great to be here. How and when did Babcock Ranch first come across your radar? All the way back in 2004, is actually the first time I met with a family, introduced uh, to them by uh, someone who was still very near and dear to me. And uh, I remember the first time I drove out there, uh, you know, 91,000 acre ranch is, uh, is what it was at the time, 143 square miles. But uh, we went out there and, and drove through it, and it was just a remarkable, remarkable piece of pro. I'll never forget it, 2004. But it wasn't until 2005 that we actually put it under contract and began the process of getting approvals and going through the process of making Babcock Ranch what it is today. When you first saw it and you first had a dream, did you automatically think that a big chunk of it would be preserved, like how it's turned out to be? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, most they had put it out on the market. At that point, the state uh, was not able to buy it. And when they put it on the market, most of the people who were trying to purchase that property wanted to create just a bunch of ranchettes. And I think it was seven or 8,000 ranchettes. So the entire property would have been developed. And I came in and told the family, look, I, I can't pay as much as those other folks can, but I'm going to preserve about 80% of the ranch. And if this is something you're interested in doing, um, then, then let's talk. And they said they were. And I give them a lot of credit for that. I mean, they could have just gone after the highest bidder and who knows what would have happened? Um, you know, when at, at that particular time, to put in seven or eight thousand, nine thousand ratchets would not have required the approvals that we went through. But you also would have had uh, epic sprawl and and a and a a, a place that uh, had zero preservation. And the family wanted to leave a, leave a legacy. Uh, and we we were very fortunate that they had the same really the same vision uh, that we did. I was able able to articulate it better perhaps, uh, than they at the time. But uh, they were very, um, a great family, and uh, they were, they're very proud of where it turned out. Um, back then, because um, I went back and looked at the shows we did with you back then, even though what you were describing was going to be a lot of preserved land, you know, as green as possible, there was still pushback from the environmental 
movement people back then. Um, but you 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 kind of brought some people on board back then. You described them as the Fantastic Five. Do you yeah. remember that time and like like how that kind of all came together and that kind of you know turned the tide a bit? I think it turned it in a big way. Um, you know, it was a consortium of all the top um, environmental groups. I consider myself an environmentalist, so I asked them if they would come together. And I could, uh, I could tell the story of Babcock Ranch and what we were trying to do. And I said, look, we're, we're, we want to preserve 80% of this ranch. And uh, at the end of the day, we ended up with 18,000 acres, and we said we'd preserve half of that. So 90% of the original ranch is in preservation forever. When I, when I explained that to them and what we we're trying to accomplish, essentially what they said is, is we're going to hold you to it. And if you do what you say you're going to do, we're going to support you. And we did what we said we were going to do, and they did what they said they were going to do. And they, to this day, are friends, and, uh, and I reach out to them for, have reached out to them for years for guidance, and I'm very proud of that. It was a, it was a great relationship, has been a great relationship, and one that um, proves that you can build a new city and uh, work hand-in-hand hand with the environment. And that's exactly what we did. You said you do consider yourself an environmentalist. Um, you know, why did you decide to do that with Babcock? I mean, you've, you've built other things, and they're not necessarily Babcock. What was it about Babcock that made you decide to, to dream up what it, what it is now? Well, Babcock was the first opportunity to actually do what we've always wanted to do. Um, the vision that we've had for building a new city, it's very hard to find a place where you can actually do something like we're doing at Babcock Ranch, to find something as large and as, it's a great location. People don't realize we're just 20, 25 minutes from each airport, from uh, RSW, uh, Fort Myers International Airport, and Punta Gorda Airport. So it's, a, it's really a, a terrific location. But to find something of that size to build an actual new city is very, very difficult to find. And so this was our first opportunity to take these things that we've learned over the years, wanted to do over the years, and have done to some degree in many of the places where we did develop, but just weren't able to pull the whole package together. It's rare to, uh, to have a clean sheet of paper so you can do it right from the beginning and not make all the mistakes that have been made in the, in the past that we see uh, from other uh, developments throughout the state and, and throughout the country. But we're out to, to prove that it can be different, right? And maybe more importantly, that it can economically be successful. It's not going to be replicated unless, you know, you can actually be profitable with this type of, uh, of, um, of development. And, and we're, we're proving that now also. And hopefully that will inspire others to do the same thing. You know, back in 2005, 2006, 2007, the idea of, of a community being green was kind of far, far-fetched, kind of, kind of out there. You know, I mean, it's interesting. It's a solar-powered town now. But when we talked to you in 2007, um, you talked about aspiring to that, but that the technology just wasn't there yet, but hopefully it would be there yet. So in some ways, what you were, the picture you were painting was kind of far out at that time, especially coming from, you know, no offense, but a developer. <laughs> like I said, I, 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 people ask the question, gee, you, you say you're an environmentalist, so how can you be a developer? Well, I can't think of a better combination. We have 1,000 people uh, a day moving into the state of Florida. And for large part, the moving in here because of the great natural resources that we have. As a developer, you impact the land, and we need to mitigate those impacts. So that's exactly uh, what, what we have been uh, have been doing. But um, but, it, but it, the process has really has really been uh, rewarding in in that um, 
you know, all along the way, um, there are those who just didn't believe in what we're doing. And back in those days, they had no idea what sustainability meant. I, I, I'm not kidding you. I remember a, a press conference that we had early on to talk about the fact that we were about to uh, purchase Babcock Ranch. And one of the reporters said, well, Mr. Kitson, uh, what exactly does sustainability mean? Now, this is 2005. Yeah. So think about how far we've, I mean, there were no iPhones, there were no mm-hmm. uh, iPads or, you know, I don't, you know, Facebook wasn't even out. Wireless internet time. was barely a thing. It was, it just <laughs> wasn't, it just wasn't there. So just think of how, think of how far we've come. But I, I believe when we put those seven initiatives together that I talked to you about, you know, people looked at us like, what exactly is he, is he saying? What does he actually want to do there? And uh, and so we had to we had to explain what sustainability meant and uh, and what creating a, a community like Babcock meant. And even back in those days, I remember saying, I believe this is where people want to live. I people want to live in this type of uh, of environment where it's healthier, uh, where you can be outdoors and celebrate the outdoors. And I think that's proven to be true. So 2008 comes along, huge economic downturn basically puts you on hold for years. Was there ever a point during those intervening years where you thought maybe it wouldn't happen or maybe that you would change your tune to some degree to make it easier to do? Well, it was, it was a dark time for, for so many people, not just, uh, not just us, but the, the entire country or the world. I mean, there's a financial crisis of epic proportions and quite a recession. I'd been through the one in the late 80s and early 90s also, so this was my second one. The one That one back in the late 80s was pretty tough also, as you recall, with all the SNLs going under. And, of course, uh, in, uh, in 1987, you know, Black Monday, where the Dow lost I don't know, 500 points at the time, which was, I think, was some, something like 23 or 30% of the, right. of the, of the value. So this one was, it had, was just as bad. It was really, really difficult. Um, here's the thing, though. We, we stepped back and said, okay, um, we're going to have to wait. I have great partners. Uh, they believed in what we were doing, and they said, okay, let's, let's get our permits and approvals, and let's get the design right, and let's take our time and just do it right. We didn't sacrifice anything, didn't change anything. If you go back in 2005 and look at all the initiatives that we talked about, and I'm sure you will bring those up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, you'll see that we've executed on, on pretty much all of those that we were able to. And, and here we are uh, today. Um, we, we started when we thought that the financial crisis had really subsided. And, and we were patient. And in fact, I'd say we were almost a little bit late which is fine. I, you don't want to be too early. So we might have been just, just a hair late when we got started, but we're very fortunate to have great partners who believe in what we're doing. And it, uh, it certainly uh, over time has proven itself. You know, back to the solar thing, in some ways that may have been fortuitous to have to drag your feet some because the technology then caught up enough that you could do solar in a more robust way than had you started in 2008. You know, it took us eight years to put that together. A lot of work with Florida Power and Light, you know, partnering with us. Um, Eric Salaji was uh, uh, was the CEO. Uh, we worked hand in hand to put that together. Uh, and initially, seventy five megawatts. And you're right; it took it took a lot of years before the prices actually came down during that period. I remember, I remember when they they said, uh, I said, look, we we've got to get this done. And they said, well, the only way we can do it is if you give us the land and we know you're not going to give us 400 acres to put this 75 megawatts. And I said, um, 
I said, you'll do it if I give you the land? And they said, yep. And I said, okay, I'll give you the land. Now, they came back uh, a year or so later and said, okay, we want to do another 75 megawatts. And I said, okay, but this time you're going to pay me for the land, <laughs> which they, they ultimately did. And we ended up with 150 megawatts. And put that in perspective, that's 700,000 panels on about 840 acres. Um, first home built in 2017. Yes, closed in 2000, first closing in 2000. Do you know who it was that bought it? Yep, the Kinleys, absolutely. Do they still live there? Yes, they do, and we named uh, we named the uh, lake after them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you have a house out there, right? I have a home out there. I live there a good, uh, say, 70% of the time, 60%, 70% of the time, and uh, absolutely love it. And my family loves it, and we, we just, uh, it's everything we thought it would be. When you, like, drive around and go in Publix and stuff, are people like, hey, there's... It gets it. <laughs> yes, and and I love it. It's re- it's really wonderful. The people are uh, extremely gracious, and talk about their experience at Babcock, and they, it, some of the some of the feedback we receive from homeowners living there is just fantastic, you know, both constructive and and positive. Uh, it goes both ways. You know, the, the everybody starts out. We love it here. Would you do this or would you do that? And there's so many ideas that. Uh, that we are actually uh, putting in place. And I know a lot of them look at it and go, well, gosh, that was my idea, which is kind of neat. Hmm. How many homes now? So we sold, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're approaching uh, 3,000 home sales. Uh, that doesn't include about uh, 370 apartments, which are gonna open up this year. And then another 246 build to rents that we're actually uh, building. Is that what's up front there? Uh, those are those are the apartments, the oh, built okay, to rent right. or single family homes that oh, will gotcha. have the three bedroom. It's a neighborhood of homes that people can actually uh, rent. So when you look at the population that we have right now, which is probably about fifty five hundred plus people living there, we have uh, we have quite a few closings to catch up to that number that I told you about. So over the next twelve to eighteen months, we'll probably have close to nine to ten thousand people living there. Hmm. Um, like I said, you were on the show back in two thousand seven, and this is uh, the picture that you painted of like what the the blend of residents would be like. Uh, let's play that. We think education is just critical to the success of, of this community. Those types of things we think are going to going to attract the young families, and as I said before, we'll have um, we'll have in place. Uh, the hospitals and the and the wellness centers for for our seniors. So we're gonna have a great mix of people here, but we think everyone uh, who comes to Babcock Ranch is gonna be very interested in being part of the preserve, be part of nature, uh, and being very aware of the environment. Uh, and that is through energy conservation and those types of things. We think that's the kind of people that we're gonna be attracting to Babcock Ranch. Is that who's out there now? I believe so. Yeah. You know, we we started with the school. We built a school before anybody lived there. And now it's the heartbeat and soul of Babcock Ranch. We have 800 students. That Is go, it like K through? K through 12. 12? Uh-huh. K through 12, public charter school. We have a beautiful field house, 40,000 square foot field house that uh, doubles as a, uh, as a shelter, storm shelter, Cat-5 Cat storm shelter that was used during Hurricane Ian. And uh, when, when, during that clip, uh, boy, I sounded young, didn't I, back in those days? I think you sounded exactly the same. We both sound a little older. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we, we wanted to be multi-generational. That's what we talked about back in those days. And as I said, in order to be multi-generational, you had to have a great school. And sure enough, as we sit here today, out of all the people that live at Babcock Ranch, about half are young families and about half are 
more empty nesters, and it was exactly what we wanted it to be. Uh, so when you when you provide, you know, the the right means for people, um, you you can accomplish that. And it again, what I've emphasized in the past is that it's a town. It's just, it's a it's a town. It's a hometown. In order for for it to be a real hometown, you have to have grandma and grandpa there, and you have to have mom and dad, and you have to have the kids and people who go out there, for example, on a Friday night when we have our Friday night food trucks and we have entertainment. We usually have a couple thousand people that are there for this. And and you just see every age group, very diverse uh, group of people. And we're very proud of that. You mentioned hospital there. I know there's, I at least saw some, like a dentist office and some, you know, some clinics and stuff. What are plans for healthcare out there? Do you have to reach a higher critical mass of people? What, what's the story on that? Lee Health is out there. We have a partnership with Lee Health. They've been great partners. So we have a, we have a physician's office there with, uh, I think we're going up to four uh, doctors, and we also are putting in an urgent care that's going in uh, hopefully over the next uh, 12 months, uh, 12 to 18 months that'll be built and and available. Uh, And then as more people are there, we hope to continue to increase the availability of of emergency type services uh, at at Babcock. And of course, you'll have the dentists that are coming in and you know, uh, we, we have eye doctors and all that uh, sort of thing that will continue to, to go there. A couple things we'll tick through here. Um, um, all homes, smart homes, and built-to-lead standards? Well, not lead standards, but Florida Green Build okay. uh, standards, yes. I, I didn't Every know home. if those were synonymous or no, not. No, they're not. Uh, lead is more on the commercial side. Understood. Uh, and uh, But yes, all, uh, all Florida Green Build. Uh, power and internet lines are buried. All buried, and we have a gigabit as we promised all so it's those like years Google ago. Fiber without the Google. You got it. So we have a fiber to every home and business, a gigabit to every home and business. All native landscaping? All native landscaping. 70% required for each home. Irrigated with reclaimed water? Yes. Driverless cars yet? We had them there. You said that back then. We had that them. was really out there back it, then. It, it was because I've driven in uh, those. I went out actually to San Jose and Google and actually drove in one of those cars. We had a, an autonomous shuttle at Babcock for probably, I think it was a year and a half, and then COVID hit. And since uh, that time, we had to shut down because it was, it was really more of a, a, a bus-type service. Uh, really was more experimental. We are now working on the next generation of what we can offer for a transportation within Babcock Ranch, and we want it to be autonomous, and we are talking to several companies about that. Uh, the technology t- has taken longer than we thought it was going to be to get to where we think it's safe and, and uh, affordable and something that's practical uh, to use. But Babcock is so big now, and there, there's just countless miles of roads that uh, you know it, it really can be a, a service that I think people would, would enjoy. So we are working on that. Um, trails, direct access to the Babcock Preserve? Yes. It's all in place, and, and I, I hike them all the time myself. You got any horse riders out there? You leaned into horse riding back then. You know, we don't have um, – you know, we, there's, a, there's a horse rescue uh, across the street, and they come over on weekends, and they're part of our, our uh, community patrol. So we generally have uh, three or four horses that are, are mounted with our security patrol, and they – you know, they it's a wonderful part of the community. The kids love it, and um, – 
But we, we don't have equestrian there right now. Not saying we won't, but we don't right now. Back then, you talked about how on your side of 31, you were going to have a buffer that was not going to be developed to make it look like US 41. What is on the other side? How is it zoned? And could the other side of 31 start to look like that because of the market that you have created? I would say it's, it's always possible. Uh, I, I, I would not uh, sit here and say that, that that's not going to be That's developed. not your land. They, yeah. So. No, I don't own it, but, but I would say that, um, you know, they have certain rights. Uh, we, own, we own the soaring water plant, so we would certainly be involved in anything that happened on that side. But uh, you never say never. Um, but if it is done, we would hope that it would be done in the same spirit uh, that Babcock Ranch was built. 31. Back then you talked about the need to widen it and that you characterized it as if you would be a part of that widening. Is that going to happen? It seems like it's going to have to happen. And maybe even that bridge, the drawbridge might need to be upgraded. So we're starting uh, our section of widening State Road 31 either end of this year or first quarter of next year. We're putting in a four-lane road from Babcock Ranch all the way down to where the Civic Center is. And uh, and then from and that's where State Road 78 is. And then from there, the state is building a um, six-lane new single-span bridge over the Caloosahatchee. Oh, so that, that is and the plans are in absolutely. place for that. Absolutely, huh. and it's actually already been presented to the public. They had a public meeting, I believe, even a week ago. Um, hopefully, that'll be funded this year. They already funded 30 million of it last year, and that'll go out to the intersection of State Road 31 and 80, and that intersection will also be completely improved. So all this is happening now, and I think this, that we're starting in, in, I believe it's going to be early 24. The state is going to start in 25, so they'll be about one year behind us. But it should, it's all going to happen fair, you know, relatively quickly at this point because it is very, very important. That road, this is really interesting. When we bought Babcock Ranch, uh, State Road 31 wasn't as nearly as busy as, as it is today. Now, people attribute that to Babcock Ranch, but that's just not true. What happened was was it's become a truck route. A lot of trucks are avoiding State Road, uh, or I'm sorry, um, Interstate 75. But also what happened is is that if you go onto Google uh, or any of your map quests or any of that and, and type in Orlando or North, you know, North Florida, it takes you right up. State Road 31. So all of a sudden, any traffic that's going up to the Orlando area is going up State Road 31. And that increased the traffic uh, dramatically. So all these things added up were that that bridge and that, the bridge was built in 1960, had a 50-year life. So that's already uh, well past its life. And the road has gotten significantly more crowded. In part, Babcock Ranch certainly adds to the the, uh, traffic. We have, you know, 1,000 plus workers there every day. But also, um, the uh, it's become a, a major route up to uh, to Orlando. Is the solar that's there the 150 megawatts? Is that enough to power everything that's there on a on a sunny day? And is there a backup system? Presumably, it can. Uh, all the 150 mega, megawatts will power the entire uh, city of, of Babcock Ranch, even at build out. Even at build out. Hmm. What will happen though in the meantime is is that. They have uh, whatever is in, in excess, it comes to us first, and then whatever is in excess then is forced back a- out into the, into the grid. We also have 10 megawatts of solar-to-battery facility that actually was one of the first ever built in the country. And uh, that can, I believe that last can last for about four hours when they discharge it. But right now, we do still rely on the grid. And in fact, uh, 
it's it's the natural gas uh, that is out on uh, plant that's out on State Road 80 when the battery you know has been discharged and and uh, and, and it's dark outside. So um, Babcock Ranch sort of famously did well during Hurricane Ian. You were featured on 60 Minutes in a very uh, you know. The picture was painted nicely of, of how things went. Um, but I do want to play a bit of sound from back in 2007 where you talk about just this. Um, you know, this was at least a decade before the first homes were built. Really one of our main objectives is to make certain that it is as hurricane resistant as possible so that those, those materials that we're using and the things that we're doing from not only the homes themselves but the street furniture that's out there we're looking very closely at everything that is going to be used on this site so that as these, um, as, as these events come through, we're able to handle them. In addition to having hardened areas within the schools and public places so that uh, we're hoping that people don't have to leave, they don't have to evacuate, but they'll be safe within the community. Also, the fact that it, it's, uh, it's 30 feet above sea level, well above the storm surge, gives us a huge advantage. Yeah, wow. I'm I, I, I'm glad you played that. It's great to hear. Um, very proud of that. We thought about it from the very beginning. Um, people don't realize that there's no luck involved at all when it comes to storm preparation. And a lot of people say, wow, you're lucky you're out there and you're 30 feet above sea level. Uh, everything is very purposeful and intentional. Not only were we a hardened community, but our uh, our water management system is probably one of the I, I want to say one of the one of the best and innovative that's ever been developed. We used all the natural flowways from literally we went back to maps from 1940 to look at where our natural flowways are within that community, and we preserved every single one of them. We we're not fighting Mother Nature because if you do, you're going to lose every single time. So we have this our our water management system features those natural flowways. Our lake system is is very comprehensive. And, uh, and all the, the wetlands that we saved. If you drive through Babcock Ranch, I think one of the things you'll notice is all these areas of, of preservation. And yeah, you're not talking about in the preserve. You're no. talking around the, the, the hamlets and the villages that you've built. All within the community. All within the community. And it looks beautiful. People love it. It feels great. But you know what? It's also great water storage. So during Hurricane Ian, not only did we have 150-plus-mile-an-hour winds over the top of us for eight hours, but we had a massive rainstorm. And I believe we had at least another, I don't know, 15 to 20 inches of capacity left. And even if we breached that, we have a system in place where, you know, the, the, uh, the lakes themselves can actually overflow into the streets and then into, into a, a safe area. So we we designed a system that is i i think second to none and you asked earlier we buried all of our lines or uh, the the power lines are, are underground and then we spent years working with Florida Power and Light to harden the electricity that comes into Babcock Ranch they have they have category 5 poles that come into Babcock Ranch so it hits Babcock Ranch goes into our substation and goes underground and we were the only ones in southwest florida that had power and then if you looked at our, we own the water and wastewater utility. We never had to boil water. We hardened it from day one. We, we were prepared for an epic storm. Uh, we were prepared if, in fact, there was any type of uh, major rain event. And we never had to boil water. We never lost uh, the flow of, uh, of uh, water or, or the use of, uh, of the sanitary facilities at Babcock. Uh, paint a picture of cost out there. And, you know, what is the most affordable way somebody mm-hmm. could live at Babcock? 
We, uh, you, you know, year, several years ago, it was obviously a lot less expensive, <laughs> but uh, we have homes that are in the 300s. Uh, again, they can go up to over a million, uh, over, over, well over a million dollars. I think we have some in the three, four million dollar range. Um, but I think what's important to understand, as I said all those years ago, is we have a, a, a stratification of pricing and products that's very, very important. So we have everything from, you know, from uh, single family homes, small lot, large lot, to uh, townhouses, uh, apartments, and uh, you know, uh, condos, and all, all that is available to people when they come out there. So there's a great choice, a choice of houses, and you know, we're working right now to start providing uh, homes that are more uh, affordable, more attainable housing for people who work at backpack grants, also. So that's that's a big part of what we're doing now and into the future. You said you're going to have a, a place where people can rent homes. Do you have any idea what those are going to rent for? That will I, those numbers will actually come out probably in the next uh, several months. Um, but those homes are for people who don't have a down payment. You know, can can make a mortgage payment, and uh, and I think I, and I'm hoping that it becomes a a place where people can come and live and then eventually buy uh, at Babcock Ranch. In addition to the apartments, 370 apartments that are going to be available uh, starting this year. Uh, they're out of the ground. They're three and four story apartment buildings. I don't. I don't have the uh, the exact um, uh, rents on those either. But um, but I, I, it is another offering for people if they want to move to Babcock. Uh, who polices it? How is that? How does that work? Is that it's, part of the just is sheriff's office? Yep, it's a combination of uh, Charlotte County Police Department, uh, and then eventually we're now going into Lee County and the Lee County uh, Police Department, uh, and and both are absolutely extraordinary uh, working with b- both the departments. They are absolutely phenomenal to work with both uh, Charlotte County and Lee County. I can't speak more highly of uh, of uh, those uh, of the officers and what they do. It's it's really uh, it, it, it's really amazing. I'm very very proud of what they do. And then we have our own community patrol. Uh, they don't have uh, firearms, uh, but we have fully staffed community patrol and these are all former officers from literally all over the country. And they do a spectacular job, mm. and they work very closely with Charlotte County and Lee County uh, in uh, policing uh, the uh, the community. So we have, we you know we have both, and uh, the community patrol. It's hard for me to tell you how proud I am of this this group. It's more, not only are they are they um, there to protect our citizens as best they can, but they're to help, they're there to help, and they do help. They go out of their way. They work with kids and. I could tell you stories that are pretty, you know, that are that are wonderful. But they, it's a great group of people, and uh, and they're there to um, really make Babcock as safe as possible. How much is built in Lee County, and what are your plans going forward? We have uh, so in Lee County, it's about uh, gosh, I think it's about uh, ten to twenty percent of the homes are in Lee County. The rest so are existing in homes County. are. No, not right now. We, uh, we're actually starting. Hundred percent of the homes right now are in, okay. in Charlotte County. Uh, we've just started our first community of. Uh, it, it would be a thousand home community uh, in um, in Lee County. The total uh, homes in Lee County in Lee County will be about sixteen hundred, and the rest will be in Charlotte County. Total is uh, nineteen thousand five hundred homes. And we'll have about fifty to fifty-five thousand people living there. To date, this is uh, hard for me. I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but um, over half of the lots have already been sold to builders, 
and we have a great lineup of builders that uh, we're also very proud of. And all the builders are, you know, they build homes to your specs. That's right. So we have some of the, you know, we have everyone from Lennar and Pulte and D.R. Horton and Meritage and Toll Brothers. These are five of the top 10 builders in the United States of America. And Christopher Allen Homes and William Ryan Homes are, are two uh, privately held builders, uh, large privately held builders. And uh, so all seven of them are great. And then we have a whole group of custom home builders that, that do a great job at Babcock. So as I said before, if there's a, a type of house that you want, you can, you can find it there. Is the, is it 19,500? Yes. Is that a hard cap? Uh, I would say uh, yes and, and no. Uh, I know that, that uh, that's not a great answer, is it? Uh, it, it, it is. Um, however, you know, we're working with um, Charlotte County on how we can maybe uh, do some additional things with uh, uh, attainable housing, maybe do some. We, we also have approvals for 6 million square feet of commercial space. And, you know, will we use all that space? How we're, much we're is there sure. now? Um, well, let's see. We probably have about uh, maybe about a hundred seventy, almost two hundred thousand square feet. Okay, so and so building more. We right. have another shopping center coming in. We have a mixed use development that's uh, that's coming in. All that to be built over the next eighteen months. Um, back in two thousand seven, you talked about wanting to try to bring you know focus on independent businesses. Um, all those like restaurants and stuff around Publix, I didn't recognize any of the names. Are those independent restaurants or are those just chains I don't recognize? No, they're actually people who live at Babcock Ranch. Huh. And they're doing great. Uh, there's a, there's a, a Mexican restaurant, there's an Italian and uh, a sushi. And they all live at Babcock. They have homes there. And they're doing, I, I mean, they're just lights out. They're doing a fantastic job. We also have a restaurant right in uh, Founder Square and we have our Slater's uh, uh food offerings. And so there's, there's quite a bit and we're adding, we're going to be adding a lot more restaurants too, which is exciting. If you go there right now, those restaurants are pretty crowded They're which is wonderful. That's what you want. And, and you want everybody to be successful, but we also need to prepare for the future. Um, I saw a, an article from 2017 where there was a Naples realtor who was quoted as saying, uh, Babcock's sustainability theme likely won't be a strong enough draw to overcome its distance issues. Um, but then I also read a story that said Babcock Ranch named fifth top selling community in the U.S. in 2022. So I guess the realtor was, was wrong. Yeah, if you believe the realtors, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great realtors out there, and we depend heavily on them. This one, whoever that is, was wrong. <laughs> I'll let you leave it at that. Uh, they were wrong. <laughs> um, I want to close the show today with um, a, something you said at the end of the 2007 conversation and just have you reflect on it. It certainly is a once-in-a-many-lifetime opportunity for anybody to be able to create a new town from the ground up is something that uh, that you can only dream about, and I'm very, very fortunate to be in a position to do this. and And I know it's a it's a tremendous responsibility. Do you feel like you've lived up to the responsibility thus far? I do, and I take that responsibility, as I said, very, very seriously, and want to continue to push and be as innovative as we possibly can be. Babcock Ranch is about innovation. And uh, we've delivered on the promises that we made, um, but we need to continue to push the envelope. I want it to be a leader and not a follower. And at Babcock Ranch, um, that's what I want to continue to do because I think we've done that uh, to date. But it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I am very, very fortunate to have had this opportunity 
to build something uh, like a, a like Babcock Ranch, a new city. How many people get to build a new city? But what I'm really proud of is all the people who are a part of, of our company, our organization, and those who have supported us, who believe deeply in, in the vision that we've set forth for this, this community, and, and the people who live there who believe deeply in the vision that we have for this community. We take it very, very, very seriously, and um, we want it to be a great place for people to live, and I think we're, we're well on our way to accomplishing that. All right. Well, that is all the time we have. I want to thank my guest, Sid Kitson, as chairman and CEO of Kitson and Partners. Mr. Kitson, thanks for coming in and, you know, listening to the past and talking about the present and the future. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. To hear our full conversation, go to our website, wgcu.org gcl. There you can also find our hour-long conversation with Mr. Kitson about future plans for Babcock Ranch on this show recorded back in 2007. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.